podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, welcome to this week's five-year plan podcast. Hey. Pod one ninety-two, creeping Two towards more. that two hundred milestone. Um, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. Hey. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, that wasn't bad, actually. Yeah, that was my impression, yeah. Sounds like yeah. Travis. That did it? Oh, well, I was, I was trying to go for Travis plus 40 years or whatever it is. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was Andy Street. Hello. It was an impression of right? an Endicott. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? An Endicott. An Endicott. I'm not sure which one it was. Could be any. It's like a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> he does look at... Yeah, he's he's also, now you can see it. Honey Monster. Kevin Day. Hello there. How are you? Oh, not, not as good <laughs> as I was an hour before kick-off on Saturday, but, you yeah. know... It was a loaded question. Um, and Rob Sutherland. Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah. Um, first of all, one, rate us on iTunes. No, we didn't. Oh. What? <laughs> what, personally on rate iTunes? Us on, listeners can rate us on iTunes. I've not rated us on iTunes. I don't have iTunes, so I can't really rate. Yeah, don't alienate the people who haven't if got iTunes. If you have iTunes, rate, no, please rate us on iTunes. All the people who haven't got it, it's not for me now, this podcast, is it? No, you could, or, or whatever app you get it on. I don't okay, know. Just rate write it into on. something. Because <laughs> it's 2016. Follow us on Twitter. That'll do. Cool to wait. Indicate your satisfaction in semaphore for Kevin Day. And we start sti- return your photographs. <laughs> Stick around until part two of the podcast to find out how you can win a copy of Football Manager 17. Ooh. Yeah, and also if you feel like it, stick around right to the end of the podcast and enjoy yeah, it. That yeah. as well. That yeah. as well. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. We're going to put it in part two. Maybe you should just give the copy to Alan Pardew so he can find some players outside of his usual comfort zone and learn about tactics and stuff. But Good. not till 2017. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Let's use Andy's uh, quip there as a segue to go into the Palace game at the weekend. Which... It's more of a barb than a quip. A quip is a bit more yeah. light-hearted. <sighs> okay. Um, you missed me, haven't you? No. Palace <laughs> lost her home to Liverpool 4-2. We knew there'd be goals at either end. We knew it'd be tight, I guess. I don't know. Did it go the way you expected it, Kevin? Maybe tight was the wrong kind of tight. I, my, the biggest disappointment for me was that it was easier for them to beat us on Saturday than it was in March. <coughs> Basically, we weren't playing well in March and we, we made a proper game of it in March. It was just too open. We just The first goal was exactly the same as the, the West Ham goal, exactly the same goal. 
defences out and yeah, we were all laughing in the pub and we were going, oh, Sunderland lost 4-1 at home to Arsenal. Our performance wasn't that much better. I mean, it was a better performance, but in terms of the... It turns what it says about our home form, about where we are compared to the top teams. I was quite... I was probably more pessimistic about it afterwards and on Sunday than I should have been, but it feels like the progress we were making seems to have halted a little bit, to be perfectly honest. Was it not a case of just coming up against a very, very good Liverpool team? And no, it, but there were ways of dealing with it. We've come up against good... You know, we beat a very good Man City team two years ago. We've beaten good teams before. We just weren't in the game. We just... Well, they're the sort of team, aren't they, with that front four, that when it clicks, it clicks, and it, d- it did do at times. Yeah, but it's, it's not just about that one particular match. You, you look at the last 40 matches, Palace are worse than every single team in the league that's still in the league over the last 40 matches, stretching back into last season, including some Sunderland. Now that is a, that's a truly abysmal stat. Yeah, that's not good. And <laughs> not. I, I'm, I'm absolutely you know if were it in isolation, there's there's no shame in losing to Liverpool this season. But it feels like every single week we're finding some sort of justifying extraneous factor that explains why it's not our fault. Oh well, you know we're unlucky at Leicester. It's not our fault. Oh, we're you know just coming up against a good team in Liverpool. It's not our fault. There's got to be. I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying it's not. Our fault. I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not saying you are. I'm I'm, I'm saying that that is there's. Uh, there's a strain of thinking that goes that way and there's also a strain in Pardew's reactions to matches that says that you know you can't keep on bl- blaming on things when you try to go toe to toe with arguably one of the best pressing and attacking teams in the league it was it was absolutely no surprise at all that there were six goals in that game and frankly they could have easily been more and also <laughs> for all the fact that their front four was very good the front four had nothing to do with the two goals that were conceded from set pieces True. apart from yeah. winning set pieces well we've also yeah. conceded most goals from set pieces yeah. in the league this season which just when when you hark back to the Pulis years and that big, and I don't want to get all saccharine about the Pulis years, but when you look back and see how resolute we were and organised and, and just good at concentrating from set pieces during that era, to have come full circle now again to be worse than Sunderland for Christ's sake at set pieces in the Premier, it's just not good enough. He said, I mean, part, we've said this before on the pod. Part you said, didn't he, when he was coming in, the style of play was going to be more expansive. It was going to change, but is. Has, has that been a mistake, Rob? Has that had, is it now time to say, right, that hasn't worked, and we need to change it? No, I think I think that the the premise of trying to play a more expansive way of football is not a bad thing. I mean, you're ultimately saying that we, you know, I don't want us to play like a Pulis side. There are plenty of sides in this division that don't play like a Pulis side. But the reality is that you have managers in this division who seem to be capable of actually playing with the players that they have rather than and and, and finding the right kind of tactic that suits the defence, the midfield and the attack. And at the moment, what we're trying to do is fit this square peg into a round hole when you've got two fullbacks who are just not used to playing in that kind of pressing style. Martin Kelly is he's a decent he does a decent job at fullback. But he's not playing, he's not the kind of player that you can have running up and down that wing. He just, he got torn to shreds against Liverpool. And, and in fairness to him, he did, it, a lot of the problems didn't really actually come down his side. A lot of it came down the middle. But in part, I think some of that comes from the fact that our centre-backs are now so focused about, all the, about everything else that's going on that they end up losing, they, for, the, for a split second they'll lose focus and they end up conceding the goal like they did against I, I like the, the, you know because you said this before the international break when things were looking good we talked about we're in a work in progress we're trying to change the way we play and that's and that's good it's laudable but it doesn't mean to say you don't readapt for different games and we've still got players from the Pulis era who know how to defend against teams like Liverpool well, they just we didn't set out to do that we set out we looked like we set out to, as though we could match them 
and clearly we couldn't and it was quite obvious from the start that we couldn't so so change it you know before it's too late and it's just yeah there were times when we were getting overrun and so it was partly because they were just looking they didn't seem to know what system we were playing it's just we'll check you know, sort it out just do something and, but go into the game with a different system just the, none, no Palace we were talking before and not one single Palace fan would have minded if we ended up with 25% possession after that game as we used to again games against them and I know it's not and it's not people going oh we missed Palace it's like we've got other good players it's like we've got other players with energy and and skill and it's like oh, that whole thing I, I spent weeks saying get Lee in there but I went get Lee in the middle of the pitch use his energy there not stuff him out on the wing and let him touch the ball for about 45 minutes everyone's going he had a terrible game he didn't see the ball the only time we looked half a decent team was the first 10 minutes of the second half when he came into the middle I was about to say I thought yeah. he looked quite good in that he looked great in the middle 10, that's exactly where he should have been for the whole game because for the first part the first time in the game we had a bit of energy in the middle we were chasing them down in midfield we weren't just watching them play the pot balls around us Henderson it was quite clear that their two centre backs were there for the taking but because Henderson is such a good player we never got we barely got near them except in breakdowns after mistakes like in a rugby game so it's like deal with that sort it out put someone on Henderson these are all things that we can see going on and these are things that are not being dealt with on the pitch and it's really as somebody who wants to defend Pardew it becomes harder and harder each week to defend him when you see things going on, when everyone's going, oh, we got this is the best squad we've ever had playing Liverpool. Well, that's well, this is the first time since we've back in the Premier League that we didn't give them a game. We're nowhere near them. Even the Warnock team, we beat them three-one. We beat them by hanging in there, digging in, taking the chances when we had them. And we got to two-all. Nobody, nobody thought we were going to win that game when we got to two-all. It's a matter of how many they'd score and whether we could get three. And it's like I struggle with the dogmatic approach that Pardew has about this kind of idea that they, this new way of playing is the only way you can play as if you can't play defensively in spells or you know I, I find it really difficult to see Palace for the last I think three games now where the first half has been atrocious yeah. and it's not it's not just the case that um, I, like I, as you, like you I want Pardew to succeed I don't want him to be sacked I don't no, want him do to be to I. fail I want him to succeed to I think yeah, every right. Palace fan feels the same way in reality they don't but I think there's quite a few in the Portsons arms who definitely don't feel that way before the game. The well. greatest concern for me is that there's this inability to see that there is an issue with what's mm. going on in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And from that point on, he doesn't make the change. It's almost like he freezes. Mm. And it's only at half time that he finally thinks, I can do it. It's as if the players aren't capable of taking instructions that suddenly imply actually let's not go with that initial game plan let's yeah. try and play a bit more solidly at the back and let's try and you know try and shore it up a little bit but that didn't happen until half time and it shouldn't have to yeah. that's that's the been a waste of 45 minutes for three games in a row now I mean, we've got to be honest about this Alan Pardew is essentially Harry Redknapp in a better suit and in better shape he yeah. improves his teams by getting better players in that are signed for him he's not a bad motivator and his players seem to like him but in terms of changing games in game or tactical attention to detail or dealing with the opposition as he's got coming to them if his team just turn up and perform on the day he might be okay if they don't he's never going to do anything in terms of developing a plan to, to neutralise or nullify the opposition and that's just that's just who he is and we've seen it time and time again and Rob's right to talk about this almost dogmatic approach that I've felt at times this season all this chat about a new style it's almost felt like the Emperor's new clothes I've been looking for it and going well what is it we'll suddenly learn how to put in a fade ball we've got Ben Teke who's one of the best players in the league in the air but is that it 
I mean, what else is that new style supposed to be? And I, I just well, no, there, there were a couple of times. I mean, the, the Stoke game, second half, Sunderland, when we were we were keeping the ball but progressing forward with it, and it wasn't it was a style of play we haven't been used to because it wasn't just possession football; it was possession football with a purpose. But it, we've only done it in patches, and the fact is that we haven't kind of built. I don't know it's early days yet; it's only ten games in, but we haven't built on that. And the fact is, that you can't just have one way of playing football, even if it's a brilliant way of playing football. You have to have other ways of playing football. You look at Man City last night. Man City went to Barcelona, whatever it was, a week, two weeks ago, tried to outplay Barcelona and got stuffed. And last night they had, they barely had the ball, but every time they broke, you know, they defended resolutely. So if Man City can do that with the players they've got, defend resolutely, hit them on the break, then why, do, you know, can, can't we do it? Because like I say, there's not one, there's no Palace fans would be going, hang on, this is not the sort of football we're used to. We're more than used to it, and also we've got players that are more than used. To it. We've got players still left over from Pulis who, who know exactly how to play. You know, Ward and, and Kelly should have been playing twenty yards deeper than they were. There's no point us trying to push up on them. There's no point. I mean, the thing but, that I, I get annoyed about is that there's got to be surely a happy medium between the naivety of how we're going about things at the moment yeah. and the cynicism of a Pulis team. Yeah, absolutely. I refuse yeah. to believe that there's not a happy medium that manages to develop some sort of defensive solidity that manages to break properly and still play with yeah. the ball yeah, at yeah, times yeah. In, in appropriate situations against teams that you know uh, justify playing against them in that manner. There has to be that happy medium, if, and Padre yeah. is not finding that happy medium at if the moment. You're, if you're the owner, uh, owners of the club, you're, you're let's forget Parrish in some ways because I think he's got a, an element of personal investment but if you're the two Americans and you've just you've you during the summer spent 13 million pounds on a winger um, with this this idea that he would be uh, an ideal replacement for uh, for for Belassi and then, then at full time, when the game's finished, you hear the, the manager say oh well it turns out that he actually wants to play on the right hand side so that he can cut in on the left yeah at what point do you actually say, right, did you actually, like, how, is, how does this fit in? How does it fit in? If you can't play Wilf and Townsend in the, in the same team, why did we spend £13 million on a winger that isn't, isn't willing? Although, to be, to be fair to Pardew, we, we, for the rest of the season, we were saying, yeah, oh, we've done course. really well out of that deal. We've got thirty million quid for, for blessing. We've got arguably a better player. My, my yeah, problem but, isn't so much that. It's, it's just the fact. It's the play. fact that yeah, he would yeah, come out and say, "Oh, well, just, the, it just yeah. so happens that Townsend doesn't actually want to play on the wing." But I mean, that's, that's, that's that almost wing. half of the, yeah, but, half the problem that Pardew's got at times. It's almost like management of the expectation of the fans. If that is the case, if if he's having a little Barney with Townsend about where he plays and him not enjoying where he's playing, etc., etc., keep that on the training yeah, ground. Do not let that sort of laundry be aired in public because it just makes you sound incompetent, makes the player sounds like he's either a mercenary or being a bit of a prima donna about things, and makes it sound like it's an unhappy camp. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. It's goodbye. It happened with goodbye because you know we signed goodbye and then you turned around and said, oh, it turns out he wants to play. As deep as possible. It's like, oh, all right, fine. But it just sounds so like you're shifting responsibility. Of course, like. it, of course, it does. Yeah. Um, so, what is the other way of playing for Palace? Then, what, what, it, what is the are the options, and what is there a plan B? Hardy might not have one, but can we? You're, you're, we we've said this before. You're asking the wrong people. I mean, we can see we can see what's going wrong in front of us, but none of us are trained coaches, so we. But, all we actually can, level one. Well, so five. Actually, but, 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 but what we can. Two thousand and four. What, what all we can say is point out. And I agree with Andy. I don't. I wouldn't buy a season ticket for a Pulis team. But having said that, we've seen even under Warnock, we've seen us set out to frustrate teams and to stifle teams. And yes, it's lovely that we're trying to play football. But the fact is, as a professional football team, you don't always do that. You you, you have to look at the opposition and go. Do you know what? I don't think Plan A is a good idea against this team. 
so let's find out. But I'm not necessarily sure what plan B is, and I'm not saying it's just put 10 men behind the ball, but there are ways... Yeah, we've seen other teams do it. We've is seen, it more we've of a lack of sort of Burnley? We've, yeah, they can put even Chelsea against Southampton. You watch Chelsea, Southampton in the second half. Chelsea, for the most part, had, had eight or nine men behind the ball. It's a way of playing, but and we don't make the pitch small enough. We don't. There was never a time, you know, and then the players we have got ahead of the ball are just not effective enough. You know, there's four headers in the first half, and Benteke didn't score one of them. It's like McCarthy. Something's going wrong when it's McCarthy that's the most forward player mm. in those situations and I know Benteke got the flick that got the ball out to Zahar in the end for his half cross half whatever it was but it's it's, it's, it's not it's not right at either end I mean so I, I, and I know it's easy for us to say it's not right without saying well how do we make it right but it's not our job to make it right but we can point out mm. what we're seeing that's not right either and we can point out that the home form you know we're in a situation we're not going to win our next three home games we're, gonna, we're not going to beat City yeah, we've got at home. We've got, City. We're not going to beat City at home. We're not going to beat Chelsea at home. We're not going to beat Man U at home. We're not going to beat Southampton at home. Simply aren't because our home form isn't good enough, and they're much better teams than we are at the moment. So we're, we're relying on. We're, you know, you look at the program and go, "So we've got a whole Swansea, Burnley away. We're not going to win all of those games." So something's got something's got to change because yes, we've got better players, and yes, we're playing better football, but we're shipping goals in left, right, and centre. It's only Sunderland, the only team of conceded you know, that, who haven't kept a clean sheet along with us and I think that's where yeah. the chickens are coming home to roost I mean we spoke about it in the summer I was absolutely amazed in fact flabbergasted and I'm not using that word for a little while I was genuinely shocked that we didn't try to well or if we did try to sign that we didn't sign a single defender mm. and we're now having to rush back Scott Dan who even said in his programme notes that he was yeah. feeling a knock and had been yeah. effectively rushed back yeah. we're now having to play admittedly very very extenuating circumstances but having to play Martin Kelly as the left sided fullback at times in a really high line having to use basically a 35 year old Damien Delaney who if it, even if he was speaking about it would say that he's probably seen better days and wouldn't want to play in a high line we're trying to do that all as a defensive base we did base. sign Tompkins in fairness so yeah. that's one defender but that's not really that that's not enough but I mean that's that's a like for like uh, for Hang- uh, yes that, that's correct uh, but that's that's a like for like for Hangland who went out of the squad in terms of the other players there there wasn't a look at the squad going well perhaps we're going to have to upgrade some of these positions perhaps if we want to play a higher game and, and uh, this pressing style and a possession style of football that he's got in mind we need to upgrade in both fullback positions and perhaps get a third centre back in of quality in case Dan or Tompkins gets an injury but, but there are, and the, other, the irony is that if Delaney had played on Saturday we probably wouldn't have conceded those two goals from set pieces we might have conceded five more from open play but it, we probably wouldn't have conceded that but the other thing as well is like yeah, there are other options. Play two, play two holding midfield players in. Play, you know, play two of them in front of the back four. There's, there's loads of things you can do. And it's not always the back four, and the back four are struggling because they're getting really isolated. Uh, there, there's and this idea. Just, there seems to be this idea though that 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 with that Pardew came in came in with during the summer that if you play defensive, then you can't play attacking. There was yeah. almost that kind of approach. So what we'll do is we'll get rid of the defensive players. Mm. And then we'll be able to play attacking. It'll be great. Look mm. at what we're doing. The result, though, is that you you have a, a side that is really struggling with uh, having an identi- identity crisis, and it doesn't have the have enough players to conform with that. So it doesn't have, you know, when when we were, despite the diff- with all the injury issues we had last season, we still had Hangeland. We still had Mariapa, who every now and then could fill in at fullback. Mm. Yeah. I mean, right now, let's say yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, like you lose one of you lose uh, Joel Ward 
And what mm. what happens at right back? What happens then? We don't end up. We, we've got how many right? How many? Who did I, you I, have to I, fill I, in a right well, back? Kelly would go right back, and Zeki Fries would go left oh, back. Yeah, Fries, yeah. I mean, is you, that is that even a logical? Like that I, I know, is that's, that's what the situation we're in. Now. I mean, to be and fair, then, you can't predict that you're going to lose Suarez no, in a car crash. But no. having said that, you can have a deep enough squad not to worry about losing Suarez. But it's the same with Jason Punchin, who we've we've lost him for the. I think it was it's now two games. Is it that he was injured for, or is it three? I mean, two of the defeats we've had. We've we've had because with punching out of the side, we haven't we didn't sign a midfielder that was capable of kind of in you know essentially enhancing that position. We don't have uh, the the kind of controlling player that Punchin is for all the for all the stick that he get that people seem to have for him or the you know the inability to see the talent that Jason Punchin has. The uh, the one thing that he does really well. Is take the ball in pressured situations and find a pass. Mm. And against Liverpool, we really struggled. Can I offer a Jason Punchin stat? Yeah. Apparently. Is it the same one that you offered the other day? I can't. What was there on the other day? I don't know. Tell me, and then I'll tell you. You know, I would never start them with apparently. (laughs) Okay. Well, only because I have. I would go. This is. uh, Have you heard this Jason Punchin stat? Authoritatively. I haven't verified it, but (laughs) lots of people have mentioned it. But it must be true then. Uh, it's, it is, it is, is that true? It's verif- it, yeah, it was. Um, it, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's a yeah. really good stat. Oh, okay. We since promotion in 2013, we haven't won a game without Jason Punch in inside. the league. In the league, in inside. The league. Really? Thanks for saving without me. him starting. Yep. But I'm going to say pl- I'm going to say playing. I don't know if it's really? starting or yep. not, but apparently so. Yeah. Doesn't that seem crazy? Wow. Yeah, it does. It's good stat. And I guess that's a stat from uh, Johnny Rogers actually came up with that from the the Palace uh, social team. Cool. So he, okay. he well, he wouldn't. Yeah. 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 You'd hope he would check his research. I would assume that Johnny checked that. He provided the wins and. I'd like to come back to a point Rob just made about defenders in the past. Whichever defenders have had to come in have come into a recognisable system because we've had a system. We know how back four has played in a certain way. And hasn't deviated from that. And so whoever came in knew exactly what their yeah. job was supposed to do and where they're supposed to be in any situation. Whoever comes in now, Delaney is not a light for light replacement for either Tompkins or Dan, and vice versa. They're completely different players. Mm. So, and the same with the fullback. Zeki Fries is a completely different sort of player to, to Kelly and Ward. So if he does come in, he's going to want to play in a different way. But there's no, you, could, you, can't, you can't actually point. If, you, you know, if a Liverpool fan had said to me after that game, what. What's what's your tactics? How do you play it? You wouldn't. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert, but I wouldn't be able to tell them. I was like, it's just for all but, the for all the disappointment of that defeat, though, we did play arguably one of the best yeah, one of the best sides that I that I think I wasn't actually at Selhurst. I watched it on television <gasps> this time. Sorry, oh, but the, but the now. one of the best sides well, to have played at Selhurst for a long time. <laughs> I would say yeah, just in terms of just in terms of like one says we can ma- we have match teams. But, but, but that's that's not untrue. But also two of the goals were of course were ludicrous. Yeah, and the fact is a, a team like that is only as good as you, you allow them but to you be. Could and argue you can argue that some of that some of that loss of focus could be because of the fact that they're they're spending their entire the entire time when they're not playing at set piece. Is dealing with the constant movement that Liverpool had. I'm not set. I'm not making excuses. I'm sorry, that's just, just frankly not good enough. You're going to face set pieces in the Premier League. If you concede eight set pieces in your first ten games, you're going to be in trouble. The, prob- the problem ultimately is Saturday. We had on the pitch at, at one point or another: Ching Yong Lee, Zeki Fryers, and Fraser Campbell. Mm. And those three players would not get into the Sunderland first eleven. Mm. And those are the emi- they wouldn't. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. and, and, Chani maybe. 
Mm. Well, maybe if all of them came down with a stump above us, I don't know. They probably would, but he's made a good point. Yeah. And that's that's the sort of second string that you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. We, we've we brought in some superstars and some great great players. But if you look at the sort of depth of that squad, there's some players in that squad now who named in the 22 who just, who just aren't very good and aren't good enough when there are injuries or we have to try and make do to come in and make an impact at the sort of level that we need players to come in and make an impact at. And that's always the quandary that yes, you can't have two first team starters in absolutely every single position, but you should not be having coming in as your replacement striker. Fraser Campbell. Well, you think there are, any, there, there are a few. I think, to be fair, there are fewer weaker players in the squad than there have been in the past. But I disagree. Unless you want to flourish in this league, you have to have two first team players in every position. It's as simple as that. If you want to do, if you want to do anything other than survive each season, then you've got to. And whether that's an issue of wages or recruitment or whatever it is, then yes, you, you, you of course you do. And if, if you know, if you're in European competitions, you would expect your team to have that. But, but you're right. We've got. I think in the past we've had a decent first team and that's it. I think now we've got a decent 15 and that's it. Yeah. But beyond that, but there are so many areas that need... And also players aren't performing... Do you think any lessons have been learnt from last season, though, when you consider the, the difficulties we've had with injuries? Punchin goes out injured, with, with our midfield's gone. On, Scott Dan goes out injured, our defence is gone. You know, and that, well, that was now. exactly what we said on that in that bad run towards the back end of last yeah. season. Oh, you know, it takes three players to go out that team for yeah. us to look look dreadful. Yeah. And you can't rely upon the fact that you're not going to have three big players out. You need not necessarily three players of equivalent strength, but you at least need some sort of contingency plan to go. What do I do if Ben Teke is injured, Zaha's injured, and I don't know, Punchin's injured in the same match? Yeah. How am I going to approach that match? Well, not only that, but what do I do if Ben Teke's not playing well in a particular game, or the system's not playing well, we're yeah. not scoring goals? How do I change it? And you look at the bench and there aren't players of good enough quality to. And that might, yeah, Remy will come back and he'll be a big. Where's Wickham? Is he injured or? West Wickham. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I think at least Wickham would come on and throw himself about yeah, and get I a agree. yellow card and cause some damage. And, you know, Benteke is clearly a good player, but he still allows their centre backs to play unmolested. At least Wickham would knacker himself covering the width of the pitch and on a close down balls he'd be closing the keeper down. Yeah. And in, and there are times like if you go four two down, that's the sort of play you really, you kinda of want to come on to sort of give everybody Away at Leicester the other week it, it was yeah. him and Campbell were on the bench and Campbell came on. You, so know, you're thinking if you're Wickham, you've got to be seriously pissed off like that. Yeah. Um, no, if, I'm a, if I'm a just a normal Palace, I've got to be seriously pissed yeah, off about we've, that. Uh, we've had a good we've had a good moan. Um, can I Offer some positives, and that nice. was the performance of Will Zaha again. I thought I had a good game. No, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I think most Palace fans didn't want to moan about the ref because it would have seemed unfair and would have deflected away on a very well deserved victory. But Wilf's and yeah, Shearer's comments on match of the day, Wilf. He doesn't die. I mean, that was the first, for me. Well, at least one of those was a penalty. The can, yeah, the, the, the Chan one was an absolute. Ab- 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 you see definitely. the one from behind it was, it was when a, you see yeah. the pictures from behind where he actually obviously clips his heels. Yeah, and, it's so obvious and, the penalty. And, but and do you know what? Part of the problem is he doesn't react like he used to react. So he seems still to have a reputation amongst referees as a diver. But he, well, it's not like we can score penalties anyway. Well, so. that's, <laughs> that's, that's not true. Yeah. Some avoided disappointment. But at that but point, we were right. two down. Yeah, we I think we'll. Wilf, amazingly, in the space of a year, it's become something you don't even know. You just assume that Wilf is going to have a good game. Yeah. And it's players around him. Do you know, it's odd because I still think that the Blassi business was good for us, but you do miss his energy. Mm-hmm. Down that well, side, you, you do miss his oh, Absolutely, you, you, you miss his tackling. You miss his energy. You miss his ability to hold on to the ball. 
you miss his ability to turn aimless clearances into into something, you know, a little bit of pressure being taken off the back yeah. four. And it's, you miss, you know, what yeah. you miss as well about Balassi is you miss the fact that he's played in in the lower divisions and taken knocks. Yeah, you know, you see the yeah, way yeah. he plays. I, I mean, he did that for Palace as well, and, yeah. and it's it's hindsight and everything else. But he did that for Palace, and, and you look at c- compare him to Townsend, and Townsend just it's. I, I want Townsend to come good, so I won't. I won't complain about him too much. But I think he's been a bit disappointing, and the fact that he's now supposedly not happy with being played on the wrong wing. We've, we've said this time. before. I think Townsend seems to be the sort of player. Someone's got to get closer to Benteke. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be Lee on Saturday, but he wasn't playing. But Townsend to me looks like he could be a number ten or, or could play off Benteke. But something because again, he's, Benteke's labouring in splendid isolation. Yeah, again coming. MacArthur, deep, MacArthur's right. not bad at those runs from deep uh, late MacArthur's runs getting down ahead, he's getting ahead of Benteke though he's not sort of working off Benteke char- is he he's just char- Benteke did have that snapshot which was saved yeah, by Carrie like, that, yeah, yeah. if you give him the, a, a, a 20% chance so, like yeah, a, a yeah. chance where he's got 20% chance of scoring he'll try and get on the end of it but there's absolutely no there, the, yeah, the, there's so a complete bit, lack of Wickham ingenuity on, Wickham but, tried to get on the end of things he's but the, di- but the difference is, you, I don't re- remember don't say ben a, chan- the difference a similar is ben chance. Scores he hasn't done so no, far but I don't all. remember a chance where Wickham has has had a snapshot like the one that Benteke had against. Oh, Liverpool. West Brom away. But he completely didn't he lump that against. Uh, in, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's sort of a snapshot. Yeah. It's a good finish over, yeah. isn't it? Um, was was Pardew right to talk about uh, the referee Andy Mariner after moaning about the no, just made, last season? Made, made him look very no. very petty again. Oh, I, and it, so, it, yeah. it, I mean, it was, it was this, there was were a couple of you know they they weren't clear cut. They were one of them at least was a penalty. But you couldn't to talk about the fact that to say he shouldn't have been referee in that game was. It just made like Andy says, or was about to say before I stopped him. It just makes him look small. It makes us as, look as a club look a bit small. It's the sort of thing Mourinho does to try and deflect attention, but nobody, it doesn't work. Just make yeah. sure your own house is in order, be- yeah. order before complaining about referees. Well, it was. It wasn't the, the referee that Palace fans were talking about. Well, as I say, Frank, no, frankly, on a, on another day, you run that performance again. Liverpool could have scored six goals, yeah. and on another day, they don't make the ridiculous first error for our first goal so yeah. ultimately it just it came across as pathetic but frankly. also on a positive note what I say from Mandanda yeah absolutely that was just from well, Coutinho that was well classed yeah. the one he pushed under the post yeah, was well classed and a couple in the second half he and did it stops him getting the blame for all, these, really cool. so all, these, like, all these goals we're conceding he's not getting the blame for shows him it's Hennessy amazing must be how, on the bench how game, quickly he got down to it as well yeah. didn't he? should he be Getting the blame for some of these goals? I thought he hasn't kept the clean yet. I thought he was. I thought the first headed goal he could have done better for. But Hennessy, I think, would be justified in sitting in the bench going, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah." I'm, I'm listening to the podcast lately, but I don't hear anybody. Else, I don't hear Steve being called weird though because the block feet. Well, weird though because he hasn't uh, he hasn't kept a clean sheet for Palace, and yet you know by this time last season Hennessy was might have been. Dropped from McCarthy. I can't yeah. remember which way around yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. They both been dropped for each other, essentially, yeah. hadn't they? So how, how is Steve avoiding that kind of uh, because pressure? People, because people can see that the goals weren't his fault for the most part. He's not conceding the corners and, and all right. the four. The four in front of him should be coming out of a little car with fifty of their mates with yeah. big f-ing shoes, frankly. So you can't yeah. really have too much of a go there. <laughs> Goalkeeper and probably going to bleep. Have to bleep that as well. And the fact is, no, it's all right. We can which have bit? bad language. Swear, we can swear. Shoes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The fact is, yeah, we, and we keep saying this to be fair, he hasn't had his back four, blah, 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 but you know, he had his preferred centre-back pairing on Saturday. 
Dan Dan and Tompkins, we presume, is a centre back pairing. He he would pick first, and it arguably wasn't as good as with Delaney. Yeah, so we're conceding lots and lots and lots of opportunities as yeah. well. And ultimately, you know, it was one thing I, I always said last season, even about Hennessy. If if you get him to face lots and lots and lots of opportunities, errors will occasionally happen, and sometimes you won't even make an error and you'll end up conceding yeah. so I, I think it'd be think incredibly that, harsh to have a go in, in, terms of, in terms of their quality as well I mean I thought I thought Henderson he, he's that's the best I've seen him but I thought he's but I think it was him that played the pass for the fourth goal we haven't yeah I don't the, know the, the, whoever it was the, uh, you know, our attack such as it was broke down and there was one pass that he saw mm. we haven't got that in our team we've got players that you think should be able to do it Kabai should be able to make that sort of pass to McArthur or to Benteke or to Zaha but it's just not happening we haven't got that speed of thought that speed of reaction but then we need to be aware of our limitations you know don't try to go toe to toe with one of the best pressing and counter attacking as well teams in the league which you said last week if only they'd listened to this pod you were no the week before you were very clear on the fact that we shouldn't do that yeah well, there you go. We're also very clear on the fact we need to go into part two nice. of the podcast. He's been waiting for that chance, hasn't he? I have, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, chaps. Oh, you've thrown me off point, Kevin. Uh, part two coming up. <laughs> yes, welcome back to this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! Yeah, Pod, yeah. Pod 192 sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc is.com. Yeah, I will, man. Yeah, it's still there, kind of. I think that's kind of better. No, I think that's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. Enders that rather than like oh yeah, middle of the evening. You need to get the Yorkshire thing. thing a bit more. Yeah. I will. Oh, that was all right. Yeah, that was better. Yeah, it's sort of Brian Blessed, but <laughs> drunker. And. <laughs> that's basically the end of it. Also sponsored by Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. K. Ah, pretty good timing. Well done. Very good. Right. <laughs> right um, in part one, we told you that in part two, we're going to be giving away a copy of Football Manager 17. Um, and to do that, we want you guys to tweet us, which is at FYP Fanzine, uh, which Palace player. Have Palace not won in the Premier League since 2013 without that? That, that, that came so out wordy. Didn't it? Could have made that more elegant. <laughs> have I had that in, yeah. during the course of this podcast? I think. Yeah. I might yeah. have. Sorry, that was the point. Yeah, 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 in part so one, the course. Of, if you were listening carefully, you would have heard during yeah. the course of part one. Kevin, this Hume. amazing stat that apparently a certain we, player we've failed to yeah to win a game when this player hasn't started since 2013 in the league so the tweet league. us that player's name at FYP fanzine and uh, before next week's pod no before let's do it, let's do it before the game before the game, before the game yeah. before the Burnley game and we'll I've got a question well hang on mm. let me finish this bit and then we will pick uh, a winner at random out from those people who have tweeted us right so we've got a promo picture right of, of you uh, me Endicott and Day Sitting around the table. Why is the that the box of Football Manager seventeen been superimposed on my head? Mm. You should ask Carl. That. I don't know. Yeah. I'm appalled. Well, it's probably because oh, I had to be in the photograph because it's my house. It's true. Yeah. And, and Kevin and is essentially the, the celebrity. Basically, box yeah. wasn't well, big enough. Well, Endicott. Endicott's got a volcanic temper, as we know, and he would have just kicked off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James is really vain, so yeah. yeah, he assumes that people want to see his pretty. 
pretty face. Well, you say with his yeah. forty pound haircut that he's been boasting uh, about. Thirty nine pounds. <laughs> oh, it's thirty nine pound haircut. With a tip, about forty five then. It was Ender Cockle bought a house in Halifax. I basically do live in Halifax, though. Um, <laughs> right, lived Halifax. Well, out of London, metaphorically, spiritually, it couldn't be further away from the Halifax, could it? Where you live, it's just like far out of home counties, no. wife swapping enclave. <laughs> Hang on, well, let's just <laughs> barely sleep for the sound of keys being thrown at the vases. You say that every week, but you ne- there's I'm no fascinated by it. there's no fact behind that. Wherever <laughs> just angling for an invite, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't realised this by now. Yeah, if you've got a big spider plant in the front garden, that's a you know sign. you know Tatsfield really? was actually famous for that. What was Tatsfield was famous for the whole keys in a jar, uh, keys it? in it, yeah, massively so. Wow, became like the place to move to in around London to. to Wait, where'd you live near Rob? My mum bro- <laughs> was grew up in, uh, well, in Tatsfield. So if you wanted to get your Tatsfield as, as, as a you... child. Oh. <laughs> right, uh, it's part two, it's question time from our listeners. How many of the questions as pure as that introduction? I really hope not. Okay. Uh, the first one is from Andy Watkinson. Hi, Andy. Hello. And he says, at what point do we stop making excuses for Pardew? Got to stop already. Yeah. As I've said, uh, you can't just look at the run of 10 games this season because it, it's come with the backstory of the 30 games before it last season as well. And at some point, he, he has to take responsibility for it not working. How many times does he have to say, we need to improve our home form? Our home form's not good enough. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly. It's happened. It's been since, since he was first appointed. And each time, every summer, there's this, this, you know, there's this idea that it's going to change and... Here we are again. How many home games have we won? Yeah, I'm, st- I'm still a Pardew fan. I'd still like him to be our manager, but it's sometimes you, you need. To, it's like my dad, who loves football, but he's you know he's, he's not a sophisticated man. He just he, he goes, it's exactly the same as last year, and you go, no, actually, dad, it's not. You look at him, you go, oh no, no, he's right. It's, it's, it's exactly the same as last year, but not quite as good as we started the season last year. So, but it's, um, it's I think that's part of Pardew's communication problem, which we've said before on this. Pod, which makes him a difficult. He's an easy man to respect and admire, but he's a difficult man to love, as we've found out from all. Yeah, the fans of every club he's been at, kind of joined together in a little group of sympathy and gloat about the fans of the club he's at. But he doesn't help himself by refusing to acknowledge publicly that there are. He has to. You know, it was way too late in last season before he said, "Look, we've got a problem. We need to sort it out." And because fans aren't idiots, we're at the games, and if we're not, we can watch the TV. We know what's going on. Yeah. So just say, "Yeah, we've got a problem. Yeah, we need to sort the home format." Even if you say, "I'm not entirely sure how we do it." Even if you say, "We need a lucky win against someone," but yeah, the fact is, after the Stoke game, we all naively thought, "Oh, that's it. That's that resolved." And then it clearly isn't. Well, so, it was, yeah. The Stoke was terrible. Yeah, and and the fact is, it's we got we've sold our season ticket allocation, and nobody who's got a season ticket looks particularly looks forward to home games. Really. Um, speaking of which, actually, it's not really. Um, Big Al. Hi, Hi Big. Says. Hi, Al. My name is Big. So right. he's always been Big Al to me. I've watched him grow up. Big Al says, "Hi, fellas." Hello. Big. Yeah, don't push it, Big. The big question. Nice. Oh. Is are we going to keep a clean sheet this season? Yes. We're <laughs> already I'm, ten I'm, games in, and we haven't. I'm, I'm, Law of averages says at some point, <laughs> even even when you there said are like that about us winning a game last, <laughs> like it, even when there's a, there's a game where we have thirty shots against us, at some point we'll have that this one is match. Palace, though. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, we're not 
the most incompetent team in that league. I don't think. Are you sure? But we've we you know West Ham had failed to keep a clean sheet until they played us. We will we'll, we'll eventually play somebody. So what you're saying is we, we need to play Palace, basically. Well, yeah, basically, <laughs> if we could play ourselves, that'd be perfect if we could play ourselves. Against but, Stoke, they, yeah. they, I think they scored in the 92nd minute. It, yeah. It's not but, an impossibility, basically. But the trouble is, yeah, we can't keep conceding the first goal. Yeah, that's the problem in the end. It's, I think we'll give a good stab at we it. We will, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and if, yeah, we laughed. It's fine when you're winning, you know, when you're winning 3 2 away at Sunderland or when you're beating teams after conceding goals, you, you tend to overlook it, but. You can't see us grinding out a one 0 win against anybody. I don't think. I think Burnley. I think have averaged two shots on goal in most of the games and scored at least one of them. I think that will happen on Saturday. Have we got any questions about yeah. Pardew getting sacked? I mean, yeah, probably. There's a lot of questions, and it's way too early. Every week, not. there's a question about Pardew's future. Yeah, yeah. but so, I mean, the, the difficulty for him is that he could justifiably look at the last team and go, "Look, I was playing the champions, and I'm playing yeah, a team yeah, in the course. last match who could be champions." Yeah, 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 His issue is going to be if he gets fewer than three points from the next two games, he is going to have some real explaining to do, particularly with the, the run that we've got. Coming the next up three after away that. games, we've got Burnley, Hull, Swansea away. We yeah. pretty much need seven points out of those. Yeah. Even to compensate for the fact that we won't get those points against, we might get a one-nil win against Southampton. Well, one, two-one maybe, but <laughs> you don't have any confidence that we can beat anybody decent at Sellers Park anymore, or anybody. Speaking of yeah, well, true. Speaking of people who should take responsibility, Mark Williams. Oh, I thought it was going to be a child support agency. I yeah. thought it was going to be a in the coffee. Mark Williams. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Says, will Keith Millen? be made out to be a scapegoat by Alan Pardew for our defensive flaws since he is defensive coach by Pardew by Pardew yeah. it's an interesting uh, I think it's a fair question to ask exactly what is going on with our defence when interesting question when the thing that we, we are supposed to be strong at set pieces um, we're not we're not I think you've well, got it's a fair, it's a fair thing to, to question Exactly what we're doing that makes it that has made it go so awfully wrong this season. I think. I think it's a more difficult because it's not NFL. You can't coach the defense in isolation. No, it's true. The fact you can set pieces, you can, and the fact is they weren't particularly clever set pieces from Liverpool either. They were just balls played with pace into the box. But I think most of us. And that's why it's an interesting question because we all kind of assume whenever Keith takes over, he tends to steady the ship, and we don't concede goals. And we all tend to think of him, but in the long run, football soccer is different. It's the manager that's responsible for for everything. It's not soccer. Soccer. Sorry, I was trying to differentiate. I was differentiating between following on the NFL analogy. It's the manager that takes responsibility. It's an interesting question, but it's the manager that takes responsibility for. For the whole, basically, because you don't, it's not just about four and a goalkeeper that defends in football. We know that the defence should be starting from Benteke. And I'll keep saying this till I'm blue in the face Benteke doesn't do enough to stop the ball getting forward from opposition defenders. That was Klopp's complaint about him, wasn't it? Where really? Right. Did, well, they didn't feel that he did enough work off the ball at Liverpool after Klopp's arrival and he didn't press enough from the front. And that I was think we're seeing kind that. of fundamentally one of the. Yeah. Things that they they decided was uh, a justifying factor in getting rid of him. Really, um, okay. The next question, well, which to be fair, Fraser Campbell does do. Don't just link him back to, again. Just linking back to previously. In yeah, well, Cameron Jerome did it as well. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if we could get somebody who did that and scored goals, we'd be laughing. You wouldn't yeah. think it'd be that difficult, really, would you? But it turns out it is. 
Uh, for us anyway, with our brand new coaching scouting team that haven't scouted anyone decent. Anyway. Crack on. The next question is from <laughs> Chris Chapman. Oh, hi, Chris. Oh, hi, Chris. He's about to be a granddad, he told me. Is he? Yeah, lovely. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Delightful. He says. He's got tickets for the skids, and yeah, carry on. <laughs> Good. Um, he said, thoughts on this, gents, and he linked us to an article um, which says that Firmino's goal on Saturday should <laughs> technically have been disallowed because he removed his shirt to celebrate before the goal had crossed the line and Chris adds whilst I grab at the straws what yes he's think? good at straw grabbing Chris also that's yeah it's it's what else is he good at grabbing no, no. It, well he was in the Navy for some time but uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's, oh, I love God. his, oh, God. his politics. That kind of feels like uh, one of those you yeah. are the ref sketches yeah. that you get <laughs> yeah, in the paper. Yeah, what, what if Firmino pulls his shirt off before the ball crosses it, the line? It's a fair but question. It's a good, it's it's a good point because technically, there is no technically. It's either a, a legal goal or not. It's like when Vardy scored for Leicester against Liverpool when the the, the goal kicker I mean, hadn't left the box or whatever it was yeah. technically. So that's a yeah. Well, yeah. Who do we report this to? Tonight, Coast Cod. Uh, yeah, Theresa May. Yeah, ter- yeah, no, he yeah, loves Theresa May. He's, uh, Chris wouldn't like that. Um, Our politi- we disagree on politics, Chris and I. Well, Good question, talk, though, Chris. Good question. Yeah, we're going to see Les Mis together soon. Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, How apt? Yeah. What? Never mind. What? Yeah, why? Just two, just two old mates going to see a musical together. No, I don't mean apps as in there's anything wrong with. Oh, I was just like calling you Miss Palace fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah, and Chris, yeah. Oh, yeah. I fans at the moment. No, no. If you think me and Endicott are Statler and Waldorf, if you get me and Chris together, that's. <laughs> well, I've seen it in the pub, it just consists of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of which. What the next what, question? Yeah, I keep saying that. Not speaking, speaking of Les Miserables, speaking of Miserables, speaking of like uh, fan unrest, David. No, this is a perfectly just, reasonable just, question. For yeah, no, no, not that. I'm talking about that you talking about being miserable, Palestine. Yeah, it's tenuous. So let me get to it. Um, David Fraser. Hi, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. Says, is the modern football fan too quick to want to sack managers? Yeah. And are Palace fans falling into this category? I don't think it's the modern football fan. I think it's the modern football. <laughs> it's it, the the risks are so high, especially with Palace now having uh, American owners and whatever else. Like even forgetting that, the risk of getting relegated is so great that it's just it's the reality of the game that it is today. Managers don't, I, managers don't get time anymore, and they won't get time, and people keep on harking back well they don't keep on harking back but you occasionally see people hark back to the amount of time Ferguson got or the amount of time that Wenger had at Arsenal to implement a, a dynasty and managers don't get that long anymore and, and part part of the time the manager being sacked can be short-sighted because the underperformance is one of the pre-regression to the mean things or the underperformance is down to the fact that his underlying players aren't that good but sometimes it can create a bounce even just marginally yeah. in the players' minds for a game or so that might make the difference so you but can you see why teams are, do there it are, I, think, I think the answer to the question is yes but there are exceptions but they tend to be with teams that are relegated it's like Newcastle keeping Benitez and I know he didn't take them down but Newcastle keeping Benitez was slightly unusual Hull kept Steve Bruce which was a turned out to be the right decision uh, because he got them back up but it's it's to do with in the Pardew case it's to do with expectations as well because our expectations have been raised possibly unrealistically in the past couple of seasons and when you see good players coming in by our standards when you see us paying astronomical amounts of money by our standards 
fans expect instant gratification for that money and when it doesn't come about but the problem the thing is you can't when it comes to Pardew being specific you can't lose that many games at home and expect fans to be happy about what's going on and you can look at the the bare result of Palace Liverpool 4-2 and go but that's a good game for the neutral but if you were there you you see how many problems there are mm-hmm. and I, I think what's amazing is that so many Palace fans are still really loyal to Pardew or still I mean I think you, it's way too early to make that sort of decision but it will happen this season is, if we don't if we don't improve if we've still got 11 points in 5 games time he's not going to be managing oh, January un- undoubtedly Undoubtedly, yeah. but um, and it related to that in a way. A- Andy O C P F C from the oh, it's a question we asked on the BBS says, "Do you remember the hysteria when we lose a few games being as bad as it as it is now, uh, and down the decades, or have we become less patient?" It does seem that it's sort of hyperbolic most weeks, doesn't it? We win or lose. I, I, I don't. I don't think hysteria is quite quite right. I mean, I think the the problem is, you know, we had a good spell in. September, October, when he was nominated for manager of the month. And I think we maybe overestimated how good we were during that spell. And we clearly got a decent squad and some good players, and we are better than... There's, there's no doubt that we are better than five or six teams in that division. And I've got no fears of relegation. But it's, it's kind of... It, it's, it's about what we become. It's about, you know, do we become a Stoke at West Brom or do we become... Uh, Leicester, you know, do we try and push on? What do we do? But we, we're getting used to this as a level of success and a level of quality player that we haven't been used to before. But there's no point denying that there are things wrong. But at the same time, you can't deny that these are, yeah, these are kind of first world problems, aren't they? We're still mid table in the Premier League with no real threat of going down. But you got to be a bit careful as well. Like lots of people infer this sort of super hysteria and polarised opinion from what they read on social media where some of the loudest voices yeah, prevail yeah, yeah. you go into the, the pub after a match yeah. at like the Paulson's Arms and you'll hear some people going well that's bollocks isn't it yeah. and didn't really rate that performance etc etc but you wouldn't hear a huge amount of people calling it a disgrace or yeah, saying yeah, Pardew no, has really, to leave yeah. by 9 yeah. o'clock tonight yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll hear a lot of dissatisfaction about Pardew yeah. and a lot of people saying that they're not really sure that he's got a clue, much of a clue at the moment and even in some instances that before too long they'd want him out but you wouldn't get quite the level of you know hyperbolic nonsense that you do get online yeah, yeah. and also in the ground support in the ground is still for the team at least is, is solid yeah certainly and on match days uh, yeah and I, I, my, my perception is that most Palace fans still want Pardew to do a decent job but at the same time you know when Pardew first came in we talked about you know, what we needed somebody to be there five six years build a dynasty yeah I also don't think any Palace fan any longer thinks that Pardew's going to be here for five, six years if it carries to, on, to, if build, it carries to on, build a dynasty yeah. even if it doesn't to build it it's, it feels like remember the first couple it just feels like an uneasy relationship at the moment between I, I, the manager and the owners and mm. the Americans and whatever so. I thought I'd, I'd, I wanted to Google Crystal Palace's home form just to see how we've been over the last three seasons yeah. but instead it's just I've just gone scrolled through the results so this is on Google if you just type in Crystal Palace home form Back in November of 2015, Alan Pardew concerned by Crystal Palace home form. Right. Back in March of 2016, <laughs> yes. Alan Pardew concerned yeah. by Crystal Palace home form. Back in April of 2016, Alan Pardew looks to address Crystal Palace wow. home form. Yeah, it's yeah. been a constant problem. And, yeah. and so when you talk about hysteria, it's bear in mind that the, the Palace's home form, Palace's home games are the meat and potatoes of what every Palace fan is buying when they're watching, yeah. getting a yeah, season yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah. If you've got you, the majority of all, veg, all veggie options, I knew you'd there, say that. <laughs> there are, there are, there are, veg, veggie options. There are twenty-three and a half thousand home season ticket holders. Well, okay, uh, 17, maybe twenty thousand, yeah. seventeen thousand. Yeah. 
But all these people, that, that's all they get for, for the majority of them, by about two or three thousand. That is all they get to see. So when they end up seeing defeat after defeat after defeat, and you've got a manager saying, well, we do need to sort that out, at what point is he actually going to sort it out? Well, that's a. Uh, like, you, can't, you can win one or two games, like the one against Stoke, 4 1. Mm. And, and the problem is, in fairness to Palace fans, I think every Palace fan has that attitude of, oh, well, maybe things will change now. But that's a very. It's, actually, that is a good question because when Pulis first came in, remember, I mean, under Holloway, the home form was pretty disastrous. 4 1 against Fulham. But when Pulis came in and turned things around a little bit, even at the end of that season, people said, yeah, great, the home form improved, but I don't want to watch that again next season. So you kind of can't win in a way. Yeah, so yeah. you demand, you know, Pulis did what he had to do, but it wasn't pleasant and it wasn't pretty, and he prayed for the final whistle. But, but I. It's, we all talk about it in the pub and on the podcast, but I don't know what the answer to it is. I don't know how you suddenly turn that home form round, and how because it's at the moment it's the opposite of a vicious circle because teams aren't worried about coming to yeah. Palace. You can see that with West Ham, they weren't worried about coming to Palace. So, yeah, the way to change the home form is to change the home form. But that's yeah, I'm sure there's a legal term for that. Change the home form. Change the home form, but, it, yeah. but something's got to change. And the fact is, as well, the way the, the fixture computers worked out, it, yeah, if, if we had Burnley, Hull, and Swansea at home, you might go, well, that's the way to change the home form because we arguably win those. But it, the fact is, it puts so much pressure on our, on our away performances. And also, the other thing as well is that our, our record under Pulis, our record against decent teams is all right. Yeah. And that's. Believe even cool. in the early days of Pardew, you know, we beat Spurs at home that's, and, yeah, and we beat Man City, Man City at home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In true, short yeah. period after that, we beat, yeah. um, sorry, short period before that, so yeah. we beat Liverpool at home under Warlock. Warlock yeah. so after it, going 1 0 down. Yeah. yeah. You know, some t- you're not going to win against the top teams all the time at home, but it, it just at the moment, when you go to Selhurst before the matches it's, it's not there's not a sense of complete doom and gloom but there's almost like this foreboding that you feel like it's not destined but inevitable, it's inevitable but, but, that you're going to yeah. lose but in a way that's what's what's most frustrating because I did stuff for Liverpool FC TV and they were talking about our record they were talking about being slightly nervous as fans about coming to Sellers Park because you know Chris Ball Warnock yeah. it was a really difficult game for them earlier this season they were really worried about coming to Sellers Park and then talking, just talking to them afterwards, just like couldn't believe how how easy that was. That's, that's, that, that's changed now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, taking all that into consideration, then uh, the question from good. didn't say having said that. That's good. The question from Alex Humby. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. Says, are we this year's team that is quote too good to go down? No, no, no. I don't. I think there are five or six teams that aren't as good as us in terms of personnel. Hull, Swansea, Sunderland. Sunderland. We've got better players than they have in most Burnley. positions. Yeah, and we. So no, but it's it's more a question of. It's you know everyone you know Steve Parrish talks about football being an entertainment business. Like well, we paid quite a lot of money for the home season tickets, and we're not being entertained. Well, so we're not too good. It's 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 kind of more about the future than about anything else, and it's kind of. It's a fair question, though, isn't it? No, it's a, no it is a, of course it's a fair question. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I, at the moment, we're playing like a team will finish between 15th and 17th. And in some ways, you go, you're oh, great, you know, fifth, fifth season in the Premier League. Yeah. But in other ways, if you spent £32 million on a striker and brought in uh, guys only being kept out of the France first team by mm. Hugo Lloris and a £10 million centre-back and a £13 million winger, you don't expect to be finishing between 15th and 17th. It's, it's fairly, it's just as simple as that, really. Okay, uh, the next question is from Chris Emanuel. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. He says, what, 
He says, why does Daily never read my questions out? Done. Nice. Next question nice is from... I like it. I like it. I like it. Good. He did do another question, but I'm it's not going to read it. He's working on levels. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was cheeky. Next question is from Charlie Patrick. Uh, hi, hi, Charlie. Charlie. He says, Flamini, when does he get a start? Are we not playing him because he's on a pay-as-you-play deal? Do you know, the only other person I've heard say that is my son. Because he's my son, I can dismiss it as ludicrous nonsense. <laughs> but I, you start to think he might be the answer to, you know, play him next to Kabai against Liverpool, sit him in front of the back four. He's got to be an option, isn't he? Is he that much worse than Ledley? In, and the, in the words of I mean, Damien Delaney, are you two on crack or what? No, I just think but in terms... I wouldn't, play, like I wouldn't play him at fullback. I wouldn't play him in any other position except possibly as a second holding midfield player, but he's got to be an option with his experience. And his he's an option, just not a very good one. Well, oh, well, I, I think, again... St- stats, oh. stats prove that the options we've, we've, we've got at the moment aren't particularly working. So yeah, I think a, a, yeah. a Flamini in our side would be a, is a better option than... He would uh, look every bit as immobile as Ledley is at the moment and with ever so slightly better But passing. you wouldn't have seen Ledley play for Arsenal whereas you did see Flamini yeah. play for but Arsenal. Then it's Burkham used to play for yeah. Arsenal. Well, you know, you don't put him in on the basis of where he used to play. The point I'm trying to make is that Led, you're, you're, you can't compare the two players. They're completely different. I well, I can because I just did. Well, OK. Fine. Well, legally, that's, that's not much of an argument, is it? Well, no, the point, the, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't rely upon Flamini's form for Arsenal three seasons ago as a justifying yeah, reason for being It's a different Flamini. When the, other, when the options we've no, got, I agree with you. when the options we've got aren't particularly working, but if you say to him, play in front of the back, the, the centre backs, and don't move from a radius of thirty yards, and is, just make the tackle. He can still make the that, tackles. That goes back it. to what you were saying earlier about having options for certain games, yeah. and part of you not necessarily approaching certain games with a different mindset and sticking to one yeah. thing. Flamini might work in certain yeah. games. Yeah. Don't cross, the half- good don't cross the halfway line don't pass it to anybody but just in that radius of 30 yards break up the play put the tackles in it's, it's, it's got to be an option I think guys legs are shot ok well but <laughs> yeah possibly <laughs> but we don't know that because we haven't seen him it's, I mean, a, fa- I, it's a fair I, question to ask because he, you know, he came in and we it's haven't, a 38 game season fine give him a go but I would be Again, flabbergasted as flabbergasted I was in reference to the previous thing that I said. I was flabbergasted about were Flamini to come in and look anything other than shot. Okay, um, might be wrong. Might be wrong. Right, next. But in which well, that begs the question as to why people who are obviously football professionals think that he's a you know if it pay pay per play whatever. Why bring him in if there's never going to be any chance of playing him? Football clubs quite often make stupid decisions for the same reason that Everton <laughs> bought Niasa and then yeah. realised they didn't want to give him a locker because he wasn't actually very good at football. I mean, f- f- football clubs waste money all over the shop and make decisions based on on names and the allure of who someone's previously played for. You know, we, we bought Adebayo last season and realistically had no impact on the pitch. And we bought him presumably because of his name and because of his track record and for whom he played. Because we were desperate. And because yeah. well, yeah, because yeah. we were desperate in the same way that we were. Yeah. We we got beyond the the end of the window, and the only option we had available as a midfielder to sign was Flamini. Yeah. And, and, and we were desperate for midfielder. And we were desperate for midfielder. So I suppose in that context, yeah. well, yeah. Okay. Final question then for this pod is from Pidster. Hi, Pidster. Oh, hi, Pidster. Hi. Off the BBS, he says, um, "If love is the answer, what is the question?" Oh, well, this is a very deep philosophical... I think the answer is that love is the question as well. Hang on, what is... So love is the question and the answer. Love goes beyond questions and answers. It operates on a a plane of its own existence. Oh, okay. It's like the answer to the the famous question, if this is a... 
And is, if, is this, if, this, if this is a question, yes, yeah. if this is an answer. How about so, what do Palace yeah. fans not have for Pardew? Love. Yes. How about what? Library, or library books. I haven't got any library this books for him true. either. I haven't, but got, that's his, not I haven't, the answer, I haven't got his address. That's not the answer. No. Love is the yeah, answer. Love is the answer. Love is the drug. Love is the key. Love is, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Love is blind. What is. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're a lawyer. You know you can't go there. Love? Stamp Love's, Love's it. That can be. Yeah, tennis. Oh, tennis. Oh, tennis. tennis. Oh, tennis. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you cut that? So no, if tennis. Good. If Endicott yeah, was yeah, here talking true. about love, Endicott would have given me a big hug by now. He would have done. Like he did on Saturday. Big beer. What? Big beer. A big beer. A ginger hug. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, he does give good hugs, Endicott. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Thank you for your questions, uh, listeners. Sorry we couldn't read them all out, but please keep sending Why them in. Why didn't you read them all out? Well, because we, we get lots, and I want to encourage people to keep sending them in, but obviously, like, you know, we're only an hour long pod, so. Anyway. Keep sending them in. Actually, we've Why just. Why do we record so long then? Keep sending them in. Uh, we appreciate your questions. In you, part three. Cutting loads out. No. In part three, <laughs> I do very little editing. Um, in part three, we're going to look forward to next game, which is away at Burnley. No, um, no looking forward to it. Are we? So no one's looking forward to it. No, but we still got a preview. So preview. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Join us <laughs> after this. Welcome back to this week's Floppy Plan Podcast. Hey. Part three of Ooh. Pod 192. What are we doing for Pod 200? Have we got any plans? Uh, yes. There's stuff in the, pipe, in the pipeline. There's stuff yeah, in the pipeline. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, stuff in, there's stuff in the pipeline. You can tell he now works in an office, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah we've got a pipeline yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. Going forward. There's some blue sky thinking. Yeah. Um, Let's have a meeting about this. Yeah, we're only eight pods away from that now, so... Yeah. I know, I can uh, do <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> very good at um, basic maps, yeah. Pod, this pod is, well, of course... seven, if you think about it. Anyway, carry One, two... Yeah. Um, this pod is sponsored by Vector Printing for your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with them. Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will! Uh, good. Um, <laughs> I, forgot to, I forgot to bring the On This Day book for Palace in this week so you, nothing happened on this you, day or this week or whatever you had one thing to do but instead I oh, have written oh. a Palace versus Burnley quiz oh very good uh-huh. <laughs> okay. that, is that all that's all I get yeah 1979 Hooray. 2-0 yeah, next question. there's actually not a question Three. about that it's, oh, more, okay, it's, yeah. it's more like an alternative it's not alternative but oh, oh. you know not, just out out the box no forget it um, the first question I love it when he heckles himself <laughs> <laughs> the first look it's been a long pod I just need to get it done well, it's only been an hour apparently <laughs> he's got a train to catch so we... oh yeah back to Halifax where so, he lives because yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> Halifax um, in Kent because Buckinghamshire Buckinghamshire Bucks um, yeah Halifax Bucks you guys wanted a you know a different kind of preview thing each week, so we we thought we'd do a quiz. Mm-hmm. I know, like and I've done research and prepped this quiz for you guys. That's great. Oh, thanks so, for yeah. yeah. Good. yeah I'm glad we're getting the same level of attention that Ledley King gets <laughs> in your day job. That's lovely. Um, the first question <laughs> is Burnley. <laughs> Burnley? In- Burnley. Incorrect. Oh, Claret Blue. Incorrect. Oh, right. right, you're out of this one. Andy and Rob. Okay. My house, you <laughs> In 41 all-time games, have Palace won or lost more games versus Burnley? Oh, all-time games. So all-time, in history, oh. we've played Burnley 41 times. Have we won more or lost more games? I think that's one where you'd think that it would be Palace because... Mm. 
recent in recent memory. memory. Yeah. But Burnley are from one of these sort of heartlands of Britain where they used to play football all the time and be quite good at it, but aren't anymore. So I'm going to go with Burnley. Yeah. I think that was a valiant attempt to make more out of a closed question than perhaps deserved. Yeah. I'm going to go Palace. Okay, the correct answer is lost. It is Burnley. Correct. We have uh, one nine, lost seventeen. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you remember my complaint Drawn. about the uh, in this week in the last podcast where three of the items were about yeah. Palace legends dying. Yeah, is there any quiz questions here that don't involve us losing to the team well, that yeah, we're playing on? Losing, lo- as much as dying is part of life, why? losing is part of football. But why do you have to remind? Listeners I don't know. I'm just we need to focus on the key thing Don't here, which, which is which is that I won. Okay, the mm. next well, Rob won as well. I think the next sport one. The next few are bit, sport was the, the next few are not about Paz losing. Okay, is that is that better? Okay, yeah. who's number two? Who's do you get? Yeah, I think you guys get a point each for that. Joel Watt, not the <laughs> Whose penalty did Jules save at Selhurst in September 2014 against Burnley? Oh, last kick of the game votes as well. Yeah. Charlie Austin? Nope. Ooh. Danny Ings. Nope. Ooh. So that's your that's you done. So street. Votes. You got one guess. Oh. No. Kier- I- Kieran Trippier? Incorrect. Oh. Oh. Who was it? It, it was Scott Arfield. Oh. oh. Jesus, we could have been here all night watching <laughs> that question. <laughs> oh. That's not even on Google. <clears throat> and I think that secured a nil nil draw. It did I secure think. a nil nil draw, yeah. Um oh. question three. Palace beat Burnley 5-0 to secure a playoff spot in 2008. Remember it well. Scott Sinclair. Name the five different goal scorers. You can't do that. Scott Sinclair is one of them, correct? Okay. Uh, Victor Moses scored one. Correct. Victor Moses. Yeah. I think he's got, did he score the penalty? I think he might have done. He's got, I don't know, he scored one. Yeah. Clinton got one. Yeah. yeah. Two more to get. Uh, Fonte? No. Okay. You're right, there was, there was actually a penalty, but it wasn't uh, Sinclair. Oh, one of ben Watson then. Players. Correct, Watson, Ben Watson. Yeah. So you got one more. You got Watson, Sinclair, Moses, and Morrison. One more player. Tom Sauce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done. done. Well, well done. done. Well done. Legal. Uh, question sure. number. Question number four. <laughs> That's 180 quid, please. <laughs> <laughs> Who got sent off at Burnley for Palace in March 2012? Uh, it was Wayne Routledge. Nope. 2012. 2012. Oh, hold on. 2012 player that used to get sent off not a lot but had a uh, went through a streak of getting sent off for sort of petulance was it fancy high 2012 what's wrong with me so our manager would have been all the way it was no no, it was Dougie at that point I think it was Dougie oh Oh, was was it was it Davis what's his name was it was it Calamity Claude no it wasn't oh he got he got he got uh, sent off for kicking out a defender who had been fouling him most of the game nope it was a very young still plays for Palace Wolf Saha, correct. Oh, oh, he did have a pen. Oh, it was down on the. I remember <coughs> it was on the, the touchline. Down yeah. the touchline, wasn't it? It may have been Trippier, actually, possibly. Yeah, it was, was yeah. Okay, final question. He doesn't have I've fit, no idea fits what the, anymore. But. I've no idea what the points are. I think Andy's winning, I don't know. Um, Even when I'm losing, uh, I'm winning. Final question, pop number five. Palace's joint biggest ever defeat was at Burnley in 1909. Right, Kevin. What was the score? What was the score? a nightmare. I'll tell you this. We missed the last tram. It Model T broke down three times. <laughs> All those Norwegians and everything. Throwing their sharp and flat caps at us. <laughs> Whippets barking. 9-2 was our... Oh, no. 11-2, isn't it? 
10 2? 9 0. <laughs> we just yeah, get numbers. Numbers. There's, a, there's a clue in the question. Perhaps it's joint ever biggest defeat. 9 0. 9 0. Yeah. Uh, well done. Good. I well enjoyed done. that. I think you won that. Yeah, I'm so, not sure. so we started with a question about us losing, and then we, <laughs> oh, yeah. we ended with a question about us losing 9 0. In the meantime, um, we had a question about a Palace player getting sent off. Okay, and a well, nil-nil draw. Well, to be honest, there's only so there hasn't, as we learned in the first question, there's not been a lot of Palace victories against Burnley. Well, apart from the one that of... took us into the, the old First Division in 1979, there, the one that kept that. us in the First Division two years later, the one that got us into the playoffs, yeah, the one where we won with nine men under Kemba, yeah. But yeah, apart from that, yeah, yeah. Okay. well, all right, fine. Yeah. The one where we came back from two 0 down with Dwight Gale scoring, Dwight, exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, didn't have much to ask about. That, that, yeah, the nothing. thing is, though, those, yeah, are all, yeah. those are all quite obvious ones. I was trying to go a little bit sort of outside the box. Do we get, get to talk about, about the match now? Well, this leads me into the question then. Are, 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 what's going to happen on Saturday? Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Obvious question, really, but yeah. I think we're going to lose 1 0. I think if we lose 1 0, that puts a lot of pressure on Pardew. Mm-hmm. A lot of. I mean, Burnley have. Basically, been as you'd expect Burnley to be this season. Frankly, they've done they've done okay with it. Um, I I mean, I've seen a couple of their matches, and I just don't ever want to watch them play football ever again. But that's exactly what you want of a newly promoted side. Frankly, they completely, uh, obviously, stopped Man United from scoring Mm. the other day. They got a great result against Liverpool earlier in the season. They've they've at times looked like they might get blown away but managed to just stay in there by being really well well organised and resolute which I know sound like cliches but they haven't conceded a great deal of goals a lot of They're that is down to he, Tom Heaton goalkeeper playing very very well well it is yeah and like everyone says he gets a lot of practice at shot stopping but they're, they're a lot more street smart than they were the last time they were in the Premier League and even against to watch the home game against Watford on Sky which arguably won the oh, that was awful that, one. that was awful but they will they will play they will play it like an away game. They will get behind the ball. They will try and frustrate us. They will treat us with a lot of respect. They'll nick a goal. I just, at the moment, I just can't see it. Uh, I can see them scoring from set. Well, we are, yeah, we've already yeah. discussed how yeah. terrible we are from set pieces, and they are, to a certain extent, they're not going to break against you at ridiculous pace like some yeah. teams who sit back compactly do. They are going to try and do the old, you know, Bolton and Vold kind of thing and hit you a couple of times with a corner or two and. The Warriors at the moment, we don't know how to defend stuff like that. And also, you look at their home form compared to ours; they're winning their home games. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what happens to the, away from them, they'll, and they'll be actually quite confident about getting a result. Out I, th- of us. I think this is one of those games where it'll just end up. We've had a, a, a real moan about how how we've played over the last three games, and then for some reason we'll just end up clicking and it will we'll win. But it, it doesn't mean that it, it's changed, that anything's changed. People shouldn't read anything into it because ultimately, we've had ten games already, and we we, we haven't played. We've played so inconsistently that that would just be what what would be the standard, wouldn't it? You, you, so, well, you could argue we had that really good run, and then you could argue in the last three games we've come up against West Ham on the bad really team. Good players, yeah. We've come up against West Ham, Leicester, Liverpool. So for the first time in four games, we're playing a team that are not as good as us that haven't got players as good as us so it becomes a game that ironically puts more pressure on you because as you say if, if we don't win it then it does put Pardew under pressure because these are the games that we have to win and it comes back to our home form if our home form is putting pressure on the away games and yeah, we need to get results out of Hull, Swansea and, and the fact is if we get results out of Hull, Swansea uh, Burnley and maybe a point or something against Southampton, we, it'll be fine. We could be going in with 22, 23 points into the new year and you go, that's all right. But 
it's things. It's not all right at the moment. So how do Palace get a result on Saturday at Burnley? And who's going to be who's going to be key for us? How many times do I have to tell you you're asking the wrong people no, this question? This is I a don't football know. podcast. Okay, we need to offer something. We need to stop defending set pieces like children. And I was, I was reading an excerpt recently from um, Cristiano Ronaldo, I spoke funnily enough, and he was talking about the different approaches of managers and how some are super tactical and then some when they've got really good players don't have to focus particularly intently on tactics. And he made a point on set pieces that, to his mind at least, set pieces are whether you're attacking them and trying to attack the ball or whether you're defending and trying to really make sure you get, get it clear are just entirely about concentration. Mm. And you can see that being the case. Mm. You know, it's entirely about just ensuring that you keep very, very close to who you're supposed to be marking, and that you're first to anticipate the ball. Mm-hmm. And but that's something that, and it seems so basic, but that's something that we're not doing at the moment. But you'd also hope that Burnley haven't got the the pace or the nous to buy those set pieces in the way that Liverpool, not Liverpool, bought them. They, we, uh, it was bad defending that gave them away in the first place. You, you would hope that we didn't give away as many set pieces against. Mm. But you have to remember, we went two 0 down against Sunderland. Yeah, the worst team in the Premier League for quite some time. We went two 0 down against them. If we were to concede the first goal against Burnley, I think we'll find it really hard to get back into the game. Well, we're worse than Sunderland over the last forty matches. Ah, so, yeah, right. you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Once or Who's uh, going to be key for Palace on Saturday? Um, I think if Wolf. you if if you have yeah. Punchin coming back, um, then oh, they they I think being able to be composed under pressure is one of the key things that we seem to be missing when Punchin's out the side and if you can con- if you can try- have a player that can control the pace of our game and you know be aware of be aware of players around him then that's that's what that can but, make a massive difference but that shouldn't be the case we we've got Kabai, MacArthur, Townsend, Benteke, Zahar we shouldn't, think, we shouldn't be talking about one player being no, able to I, be composed I, I, under, I, under pressure. I agree, but what no. I think you find is that with Kabai, he's he. I think he was rated as uh, one of the the better centre midfielders mm. this even this week uh, against yeah, yeah. Liverpool. You know, in terms of interceptions, and uh, he's the kind of player that that is that will win the ball and has to put all that effort into actually getting the ball that you need to have other players laying yeah. it off, off to and yeah. to lay it off to and I think Punchin is that kind of player and for, for for us to actually win games you have to have players like that can, that can control the pace and, and, and see passes that other players are either unwilling to, to make or that are incapable of making you have to have a player like that in the side and I think he will be he will be the key player we also need and Punch is not the player to do it. We need players that can get Benteke playing facing their goal, not ours. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so Definitely. much, so many times in the West Ham game and Liverpool game, he's got his back to their goal, and there's so few crosses. You, you can understand Wickham's frustration now. Yeah. Because there's so few crosses that, w- that were ahead of him for him to get onto. It. And only... yet he won the most headed challenges of but, any Premier League player this weekend. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's great. But that's like the goodbye interception stat. That's great, fine. But he's winning them in the wrong place. Goodbye. Or if Kibai he's winning, intercept as many balls as he wants. But we paid a lot. That's thirteen and a half million quid. Is a lot of money to pay for somebody who's going to intercept balls. If he's winning yeah. that, yeah. those headers, though, then yeah. it needs to have. You have to have other players around him that no, actually do. Which we've been saying all season. We said yeah. that before. You know. That's why I wanted Lee to play in centre midfield because because he's got the energy to do that. Yeah. But it's, it's we're not going to play an old fashioned four four two, so we have to have somebody in midfield who's going to get up close to him. And it's like Ben Teke to me looks like he's getting frustrated already because it, you know he's winning. You know, he got the aimless flick 
for the first goal basically that ended up with them making a mistake it's like okay but, good yeah. uh, quick prediction I think we're going to lose 1-0 you said that I forgot yeah, yeah sorry uh, I'll go the draw then I think we're going to win 2-0 which will upset well, go, people go, go, who go. think we can't keep clean sheets as well well, I'll be delighted. No, why not? I'll be delighted if we draw. I'll be delighted. Well, that's that's what it's come to. Yeah, why not? The squad that we've got. I'll be happy with a point going into the next. I'll be dancing in the streets of Lisbon. Yeah, there we go. I go to Lisbon. I'm going to Lisbon. So oh, if, if any if any of our listeners can tell me a bar in Lisbon that will show a Palace match at three o'clock, I'll buy you a copy of uh, Football I, Manager. JD will. I'm not made of money. JD will give you a t-shirt. Well, do you know no, what? You'll, yes. No. Do you know what you'll love? You will buy them a drink. The, the Portuguese national music which is Fado which is the most depressing it's all about loss and misery that's, and pessimism you're going to love that it that sounds amazing perfect, perfect it's, and it's beautiful and also the Caldo Verde the green cabbage soup Lisbon's mm. a fantastic city cool and also of course that's where we got our nickname from it is the Eagles yeah, from, from Benfica. Benfica there we go and good it's a from Barcelona and a nickname from Benfica Good, okay, right, well that is the end of this week's podcast hey. so uh, I'll buy the club when we're going back to Glaziers uh, and the kit going back to the Claren Blue. Blue of course we all know that pinstripe yeah. yeah don't think they accept payment in Pinot Grigio for football <laughs> club shares three bottles we might get an Olympic stadium if we, uh, <laughs> if we do that though. right thanks for listening thanks bye for... I, I'm done <laughs> <laughs> you've been so good as well <laughs> I invite you on and you're just oh, taking over um, chaps thanks for being here listeners thank you very much for listening we'll be with you next bye. week after the Burnley bye. game bye <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>